Okay, it's considered the greatest live rock album ever recorded, and it turns 50 today. It's the Almond Brothers Band, live at Fillmore East, and joining us now is our music expert, Eric Elper, here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Eric, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Hey, I'm well, thanks. Uh, 50 years on, what is it about live at Fillmore East? As I mentioned, widely considered the greatest live rock album ever recorded. What made this live album from the Almonds so special? I, I think partly because of the way that the live album was perceived back then, where there were a couple of live albums like James Brown that, that, kind of stuck in people's minds and it's also around the time of, of of a couple of years around their van morrison's album but i think for the allman brothers they were just at the absolute peak of their power this was a band who made it on the road they didn't make videos they didn't have singles they they really earned their reputation and their dominance in the Southern rock music industry and in the scene through their live show and through word of mouth. And because it was the last album that Dwayne Allman ended up recording with the band, it adds a little bit of more of a, of a special nostalgic touch to it. But, you know, there's just something about picking up this album and realizing that there's only seven songs on the whole record. So you know that you're <laughs> going to be taken for a really good rock and roll ride of like, you know, 11 minutes, 15 minutes, 22 minute songs in there. So that's also one of the big reasons why live albums still works. It allows the bands to stretch and mold and take you on a little bit of a journey more than a three and a half minute pop song could. Yeah, well, listen, it's a sentimental favorite for sure, because, yes, Dwayne Allman sadly died shortly after at only the age of uh, 24. And I also understand that this album, Live at Fillmore East, is kind of the album that saved the band, because they'd had two albums previous, two studio records that uh, really uh, did not deliver. They were kind of not living up to expectations. There's a lot of actual bands and artists that are like that, where, you know, with Peter Frampton, he was always the get the, the, the can't miss guy. You know, he played with, um, with David Bowie. He, he played with, um, with George Harrison, but he never, and, and of course with the herd and a couple of, and humble pie, but he never really did it on his own until Frampton comes alive, started exploding, becoming the all time biggest selling album in music history at the time that saved his career too. There's a lot of bands like the Rolling Stones, for instance, who, you know, no, no slight to them, but like their live albums almost sell, as much if not more than some of their studio records because people know that this is the real deal you you know back then you you didn't overdub over a mistake you left it in there because it was human and certainly with the almond brothers it solidifies how good of a live band they were and in that music industry in the 60s and 70s it was all about selling tickets what was it about the 70s in particular that there were so many great live albums, uh, do you think, Eric? Is it because of what you just mentioned a second ago, that uh, there wasn't all of the technology that we have uh, today and uh, that uh, basically it was live off the floor? And occasionally mistakes happened, but uh, that was of the moment. You felt like you were there living that concert, even though maybe you were at home uh, just with your speakers cranked to 11. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy to forget, but like in 19, you know, in the mid 1970s, live albums were only really existing in rock music for about eight years. So, you know, from about 1965, I mean, the Beatles stopped touring in 1966, 67 era. So when you have a live album 
you have not just the mistakes, but you have the onstage banter that people got to hear for the very first time. If you were a fan of a band for like five or six years and never saw them live, this was your first way to figure out what they were like. Um, it was also one of it was also kind of fresh in terms of of a band's career where you did two or three albums. And then if you got kind of stuck for ideas, because all of your best ones were on the previous record, well, you can go put out a live album and it would actually count towards a release in your contract. So that's usually, you know, now when people have live albums, it's like, Oh, it's like the greatest hits album. They're just looking to get out of their contract or just fulfill their contract. But back then it was so fresh and new with what you could do. Artists like Genesis were doing one song, Song on a whole side just like the almond brothers and for a lot of people this blew people's mind because they were only used to like a seven minute version of the same song on the on the record yeah you know that's really interesting insight i hadn't thought about that but you're absolutely right early mid 70s really throughout the 70s the only connection you had to these bands other than the actual uh, records was going to a show or reading about them say in rolling stone or, or cream yeah. magazine so this kind of gave you a, a different insight into your favorite artist uh, your favorite band made them seem i think maybe a little more alive a little more real yeah. And, and look, you had no idea what they what they look like in concert um, unless you saw them or saw a picture of them because MTV and Much Music, who actually played concert videos, at least a lot in the beginning, because the record label didn't even create enough music videos to play on a 24 hour station like that. So they would just play concerts. They would just play live um, songs or snippets from Journey and Queen and and that exploded the the whole 1980s ticket boom where tickets seemingly went from $7 to like 20 overnight because the demand for these bands were just so high. You know, the other reason why in the 70s the live albums worked so well is because people would actually put them on while they were making love and they would get applause every three to four minutes. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Okay. That's just another theory I have. You people were all... We're all you you were uh, zipping on another planet in the 70s crazy kids <laughs> well do live albums do they still work today are artists are they hesitant because of pro tools and the fact that they want everything to be yeah. perfection uh do they just not work to, uh, do artists are they hesitant to release them now do you think yeah, they're they're not even interested in, in putting it in the contract anymore, which is a shame because, you know, there's a lot of artists like the Chainsmokers or The Weeknd who do phenomenal um, stuff live. But I, I think more and more they're, these artists are looking to do, um, a, a, you know, a documentary with live footage in it because, again, they're still looking just to sell concert tickets at now $150, $200, $300 a pot. So I, I think the live album has kind of gone a little bit away um, from these newer artists but still though if you're a classic rock artist like a journey or kansas or steve miller they've gone all of these artists have gone into the archives in the last 18 months looking for something to release during covid and you know they're turning those old cassette tapes that the roadie tape back in 1976 into a limited edition or a special edition live album so i think you know there's probably more live albums that have been released in the last two years than ever before it's just mostly from a specific style of music rather than pop music or current rock music all right at 870-6400 we're going to open up the phone lines and take your calls on best live album but i have to ask you eric alper before we let you go is there one that stands above the rest uh, for you when you think about a live recording is there one you can point to 
every Sunday when I do a lot of grudge work that I don't want to do, the first album I put on is James Brown live at the Apollo. It mm. is three now now with expanded three cds of probably the greatest entertainer in music at the peak of his powers it is astounding so that one for me i listen to it still <laughs> once a week it's un it's unreal how good it is oh great album and great pick uh, eric thanks as always appreciate the time no problem thanks jeff we'll talk soon you got it. Our music expert, Eric Helper, here today on the 50th anniversary of what is considered the greatest live rock album ever recorded, the Allman Brothers Band, live at Fillmore East. 